Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis and Father Zach Kowski every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to man up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios here on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Around the globe, streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Also, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and like us on Facebook. I'm Joe Stopulis, along with Father Zakowski. Today we're joined in studio for the second time with our friend Kelly Wolf to discuss Jordan Peterson's book, The Twelve Rules for Life. Father Zach, would you please open us up in a word of prayer? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have placed order in creation. You have brought order out of chaos. We pray that we will continue to allow our lives and our souls to be ordered, properly ordered toward you give us the strength and the grace today to take the steps necessary to uh, glorify you in everything that that we do today we ask this through christ our lord amen Amen. of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen well as much as we wanted to keep talking about 12 rules for life in the upcoming uh segment and we will uh we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the saints uh of today and tomorrow uh saint monica and saint augustine yeah it's kind of cool that they have their their feast days are one after another Mm -hmm. and very appropriate i'm assigned at saint uh, Augustine Church and over at St. Augustine School, uh, which is a you know K through eight, they have a uh, St. Monica Chapel there for the kids. So uh, kind of cool there. And you know if you go to Rome, if you go to St. Augustine Church, San Agostino, uh, M- St. Monica is buried there. So you can go pray there. And so when I've been there, I've went and prayed for my own mother. And prayed for all mothers, especially expectant mothers or those who are trying to conceive. But, you know, we remember St. Monica in a special way as someone that continued for, you know, 30 years to pray for her son, uh, to pray for his conversion. St. Augustine was, uh, I don't want to say wild child, but it was worse than that, uh, very much wrapped up in the ways of the world. Uh, his intellect was darkened by sin, by partying, by the way that he treated women, child out of wedlock. Um, he was really lost in many ways. And so really his heart was searching for God, even though he didn't know it at the time. So he says, you know, later in his life, uh, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, O God. And so really his mother, you know, we credit his mother with her her tears and her prayers bringing about his his conversion and is all done out of love. So we're grateful to her example of praying for our children and praying for our mothers. I love how the, the church links them so closely together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when you come to know Augustine through his, through his writings and through learning about Augustine, you, you have to learn about Monica because she was such an integral part. So I uh, encourage our listeners, if you haven't read the confessions uh, or haven't gotten into to know those two great saints, do yourself a favor and, and get to know them. Well, we're going to head to a short break. When we return, we will have Kelly Wolf on to discuss part two of our conversation on the 12 rules for life. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting our show, Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com
Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios. I am Joe Stopulis along with Father Zakowski. And today we're joined in studio again by the great Kelly Wolf. Kelly, uh, for those of you who missed our last episode, which go back into our archives and listen to it if you have not, because you'll actually be you'll be four rules short. Uh, Kelly is uh, a good friend of ours. He's in uh, our men's group. He's a black belt. He's served overseas for our country. He's a CFO. Uh, I did not serve overseas. Whatever you did, so you were I, w- I was in the military. He was, was an intelligence officer, intelligence in military, officer, yeah. whatever you were. So he's very interesting. Uh, but one thing he is is a uh, a person who has read and studied the 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Uh, and that's the topic of today's show. And it is a incredible book that, that we've talked about a lot. And I just t- told Kelly, I said, hey, we got to get on and, and do a couple of shows on this thing because one show would never be enough. One show only got us through the first four rules. So those are kind of the bigger ones. They were very big. So we can get through so a little faster. We'll get through so a little should faster. We jump back so in? let's go back into it, Father. You're running All right. Show, rule right? number five. Yes. Rule number five, do not let your children do anything. That makes you dislike them. As, as a father of three small children, this rule is very important to me. Um, what's, and, this, what's this one mean? What, this one talk. means uh, make sure you're, as a parent, you need to parent your children so that they grow up and be productive members of society so mm-hmm. that people don't dislike them when they get older. Yes. And he also speaks about how children are tough, right? Children are, are by nature, their job as a two- to four-year-old is to figure out where the boundaries are and to push it and figure that out and push the boundaries, and then you have to set those boundaries. And parents today have trouble setting the boundaries. Uh, so he speaks a lot about setting responsible uh, responsible boundaries. So given this, the fundamental moral question, this is a quote, is not how to shelter children completely from misadventure and failure so they never experience any fear or pain, but how to maximize their learning so that useful knowledge may be gained with minimal cost. The next quote I have is, so now we have two general principles of discipline. The first, limit the rules, and the second, use the least force necessary to enforce those rules. So you have to have you have to have lines of discipline, and you don't want to go straight to the spanking. You want to talk through. You want to do the, the least uh, possible force to get to those. Uh, but he also talks about you have to love your. Ch- I mean, loving your children. He talks uh, the importance of, of being the teacher uh, and the friend of your parent uh, of your child while still being the teacher. Uh, the last <clears throat> the last quote I have from this, and I, I had to share this one: A child will have many friends. But only two parents, if that. And parents are more, not less, than friends. Every parent, therefore, needs to learn to tolerate the momentary anger or even hate, hatred directed towards them by their children mm-hmm. after necessary corrective action has been taken. As the capacity of the child to perceive or care about long-term consequences is very limited, parents are the arbiters of society. They teach their children how to behave so that other people will be able to interact meaningfully and productively with them. So be... A parent to your child, don't worry about being their friend because they have enough friends. Only two parents. All right, rule number six. Set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. Yeah, so this one, I mean, of course, you know, remove the log from your eye before you, you know. Take out the splinter. Yeah, yeah, in your neighbor's eye. So, you know, I mean, do your best to get yourself in order first, right? I mean, don't. Don't judge other people. Don't criticize other people until maybe 
you know, you have perfected what it is you think you need to criticize them on. Yeah, and it also talks about, I mean, in, in my mind, how can I help someone? Let's look at the spiritual life. How can I help bring someone to Christ if I haven't myself started that journey as well? Now, I don't, I don't have to be perfect, right? I mean, I don't have to have achieved some level of, of spiritual perfection to be able to do it. But I, if I don't start trying to at least get my own spiritual house in order, how can I then go help other people? Uh, and, and even if it's a struggle of trying to, to go through the spiritual life, because that's, that's part of it. You know, Father Zach and I, we talked about this uh, a lot. And I, I don't, when we first started this radio show, I told Leonetti, I'm like, John, I don't know anything. Like, I can't go have a radio show. He goes, that's not your job. Just go out and bring people in and have them talk about it. You know, you don't have to say everything. You don't have to know everything. But just put yourself out there and read and understand and, and grow. And I think uh, another favorite quote I have is uh, from this. Have some humility. If you cannot bring peace to your own household, how dare you try to rule a city? (laughs) That's a great one. Okay, rule number seven. Pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. Yeah, I don't know. I I struggle a little bit with this one because, um, you know, we're we're always trying to find meaning in our life. And and I was thinking about um, your guys' conversations with the nuns and and how – um, if I want to find something meaningful that has purpose in my life, you know, maybe I should spend a lot of time in adoration, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sit in front of the Blessed Sacrament and try and ask God what it is that he's asking for me and, and try and listen to him. And- I, I, he talks this book a lot about meaning, uh, not just this chapter, but in, it's in another, another one of those underlying themes of find your North Star and then pursue it. Because so many people today, it goes back to just getting out of bed, right? If you have meaning in your life, if you've got something that's driving you, uh, your life and your happiness will will, will, will follow suit. Uh, and that's it's a very biblical way of looking. I mean, if you, you, how many people today don't have meaning in their life? They don't have faith. They don't they don't have an idea of who who God is, who mm-hmm. Jesus is, and so they just wallow around in this nihilistic, uh, just fog. Um, and it's, it, I think there's a reason depression is so high today. People are so depressed um, because they don't have meaning. They don't have purpose. Uh, a great quote from this chapter. <clears throat> Thus, the person who wishes to alleviate suffering, who wishes to rectify the flaws in being, who wants to bring about the best of all possible futures, who wants to create heaven on earth, will make the greatest of sacrifices of self and child, of everything that is loved, to live a life aimed at the good. He will forgo expediency, he will pursue the path of ultimate meaning, and he will in that manner bring salvation to the ever-desperate world. He gives us kind of a maxim uh, which is true for, I think, thousands of years, and that is that successful people can delay gratification, and unsuccessful people are the opposite. They cannot delay gratification. And so I think for us, especially as Catholic men or just as men of faith, to be able to take on practices like fasting and small penances. I know we did Exodus 90 together. We've talked beating that horse to death. But we're going <laughs> to continue to beat it. But we are just going to continue to beat Nelly. Um, <laughs> yeah, put down the cell phone. Yeah. yeah just take a cold shower. Those small sacrifices and delaying gratification, boy, that leads to actually, I think, a greater joy later on. When he said that the one of the turning points of all of human history was when the idea of sacrifice and self-delayed gratification first came to being. He said the idea that, quote, 
something better might be attained in the future by giving up something of value in the present was one of the, the greatest transform, uh, transformative ideas of all time because think of the way back when literally it was kill the animal, eat it, go. Once someone figured out that they could save something for the future and delay something for the future, uh, society transformed. Now, again, in our spiritual life, we talk about that all the time. And, and I think uh, this show is obviously dedicated a lot of time and energy to it. The the parallels of, of fasting cannot be understated. And I think that's one of the great things about our men's group is that we, back to rule number, I believe, four, surrounding yourself with other people uh, who are going to help help you grow uh, when you're when you're pushing each other in fasting, in delaying gratification, uh, how special that is! And I think all three of us from our men's group can attest to that. Discipline equals freedom. Amen. Is that Jocko? That is Jocko. Jocko. We will have to do another episode on Jocko. <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Peterson's basically a like a very well thought out Jocko Willink. Anyway, you guys haven't listened to enough Jocko. <laughs> Jocko's listening right now. Hello, Jocko. He's gonna be so mad. All right. Rule number eight: Tell the truth, or at least don't lie. What does that mean? Tell the truth or at least don't lie. Well, so you got to be honest with yourself, right? And honest with the people that you're communicating with. So, and you know, if Joe came in with purple hair and he said, hey, guys, don't I look really good with purple hair? I would say, um, I don't know. That's different. I, I would say that's different, Joe. And, and I would not be lying. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, yeah, that's true. That's a good point. I, I don't think I look great with purple hair. This talked a lot about marriage. And communication within within marriage, um, and and he actually gets to he talks about uh, in in rule ten as well, being precise in your speech. A lot about a lot about marriage as well. Um, but the the final quote to this chapter is one that that kind of stuck with me. If your life is not what it could be, try telling the truth. If you cling desperately to an ideology or wallow, wallow in nihilism, try telling the truth. If you feel weak and rejected and desperate and confused, try telling the truth. This last line's great. In paradise, everyone speaks the truth. That is what makes it paradise. So tell the truth or at least don't lie. Uh, it's a, it's a, obviously a catchy title, but he talks about how in his own life he used to lie a lot, just habitually, especially in arguments when he was trying to win a debate, um, and how his life today is a lot easier and cleaner and happier because he has, again, found his core. He's found his, what his true belief system is, and he, and he speaks the truth. Anything to add to that? Well, I think I think this one's also good for confession. You know, um, go to confession, give a good, honest confession. You know, um, don't lie to yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And small sins are kind of like small lies, and big sins are kind of like big lies. Mm-hmm. And he points out, I think there's kind of a, a very striking quote. He says, "It was the great and the small lies of the Nazi and communist states that produced the deaths of millions of people." Oh yeah, I mean, all you got to do is read the book Ordinary Men. I mean, in the end. That's just what they did was they told themselves small lies. And next thing you know, 83,000 Jews are. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Next yeah, rule. Should we go? Well, next rule. Segue. Okay. Let's go quickly. Rule nine. Assume that the person you are listening to might know something you don't. So this rule to me, as we are in this society today in 2018, uh, where people are like just screaming at the time. I mean, close their ears, put their head in the sand, and scream. It's basically the political discourse. Uh, I think this is one of the most important rules for our time today. Is that you know we we have to be able to be open minded with people. Uh, uh, G.K. Chesterton said, 
politics and religion, what else is there to talk about, basically? You know, that people talk about the taboo of politics and religion, and him, those are the highest forms of, of conversation. But you've got to be open to what the other side has to say uh, and and be willing to listen to how, first off, how are we ever going to make progress as a society if we aren't willing to hear the other person's point of view? And today, that is uh, that is one of the major problems with, with where we're at in 2018. Rule 10. You're just going to, I have good quotes. Anyone else want to quote? I'm going to do one of these quotes. All right. I want to okay. hear one. Okay. okay. Uh, memory is not a description of the objective past. Memory is a tool. Memory is the past guide to the future. If you remember that something bad happened and you can figure out why, then you can try to avoid that bad thing from happening again. That's the purpose of memory. It's not to quote unquote remember the past. It's to stop doing the same thing, uh, stop the same thing from happening over and over again. And then lastly, Carl Rogers said, the great majority of us cannot listen. We find ourselves compelled to evaluate because listening is too dangerous. The first requirement is courage, and we do not always have it. So, uh, again, it's, uh, it's important and as important as ever uh, to do that. And then lastly, the, uh, the last quote I have is, ideologies are substitutes for true knowledge. And ideologues are always dangerous when they come to power because a simple-minded I-know-it-all approach is no match for the complexity of existence. Okay, now, roll 10. Uh, rule number 10, be precise in your speech. And I think the point here is don't use speech to manipulate. Am I right on that? Yeah, I mean, he related this one a lot to marriage as well. And, you know, communicating with your spouse, don't, don't try and win an argument just to win an argument and to put your spouse... I mean... If you're doing that, you know, eventually it's what you're married to a loser or something like that is how he relates it to. So don't, yeah, don't manipulate. If, if something's bothering you, be honest, tell, be precise about what's bothering you. Don't sort of beat around the bush on it. Yeah. Good. That's that. Uh, so no, this one talked a lot about marriage and interrelationships and how it's best to, uh, to express how you're feeling, but to do it in a precise way way and to think about what you're going to say obviously he also talks about being being a good listener throughout this whole book but in this chapter talks a lot about being a good listener and then organizing your thoughts uh, and then saying them precisely okay and i think that's yeah maybe the ten thousand foot level and then if we would go up to the thirty-five thousand foot if you will uh one thing he talks about is just precision itself you know that we have to specify our course you have to specify our goal and so one of the things is not just speech but also what is the trajectory of my life where you know what's the destination if i'm getting on a plane i know where i'm going right the destination uh so i think also for us on a higher level it's also charting our course submitting what we want what we're going for rule number 11 now we got 12 rules we're on 11 how are we doing on time good okay we good we have a few minutes left okay Number 11, this is kind of a funny one. Do not bother children when they are skateboarding. Do not bother children when they're skateboarding. Yeah, I, I like this one because um, we shouldn't be helicopter parents. Uh, that's sort of the gist that I, I took away from this. And, you know, as a parent, you sometimes you want to protect your kids from getting hurt. But I have a six-year-old son, and he loves to do dangerous things, you know, yeah. and as dangerous as a six-year-old can be. So, you know, I, I have to let him push those limits so that he understands, you know, what he can and cannot do. Um, and same thing goes, I mean, if you don't learn that when you're a kid, how are you going to learn that, you know, as you get older? Yeah. Uh, a couple quotes I had from this one. Consider this as well in regards to opposition. Any hierarchy creates winners and losers. The winners are, of course, more likely to justify the hierarchy and the losers to criticize it. But first, the collective pursuit of any valued goal 
produces a hierarchy, as some will be better and some worse at that pursuit, no matter what it is. And second, it is the pursuit of goals that in large part lends life to a sustaining meaning. Uh, and then lastly on this one, uh, if they're healthy, this is, he, so he's a little PC. So people think that he, you know, he, he blows out all uh, PC uh, politically correct norms, and this is one area where people have given him some flack. Um, but I think it's a very valid point. If they're healthy, women don't want boys. They want men. They want someone to contend with, someone to grapple with. If they're tough, they want someone tougher. If they're smart, they want someone smarter. They desire someone who brings to the table something they can't already provide. This often makes it hard for tough, smart, attractive women to find mates. There aren't, there just aren't that many men around who can outclass them enough to be considered desirable. And how he says, basically, the uh, the spirit that interferes when boys are trying to become men, therefore, uh, is no more a friend to woman than it is to man. And if you think tough men are dangerous, just wait till you see what weak men are capable of. Uh, and the last quote from this one, it looks to me like the so-called oppression of the patriarchy was instead an imperfect collection, uh, collective attempt by men and women stretching over millennia to free each other from privation, disease, and drudgery. So by allowing us to fall and to hurt ourselves uh, and to grow, especially young boys, young men, uh, they're going to be tough, older men. And, and we have as we talked about over and over again, a crisis of fatherhood, a crisis of manhood today. Uh, and we as parents uh, need to allow our, our, specifically our boys, but our girls as well, um, to give them rope, give them latitude uh, to learn. All right. Next, or last one? Yep. Number 12. Okay. Number 12, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. So just make sure you stop and smell the roses, right? Yeah. I mean... Life is beautiful. Make sure you enjoy it. Yeah. So this chapter, he talks a lot about his, da his daughter has these debilitating diseases, but how they had to find happiness within the the terrible struggle she was going with. And that's the purpose of life is to, is to is once you find meaning, but to find joy in, in little things, because that's the easiest way to find joy. Uh, after that, there's the coda. Uh, so he kind of just does this all-encompassing uh, thoughts that he kind of ties the book together with at the end. Uh, and I think there's a handful of really good quotes in here. Uh, the next question ended the, the first set. It says, what shall I do with my life? Aim for paradise and concentrate on today. I think that's I like a, that a lot. Just that not getting anxious about the future, but really just saying, what can I do today? What's, what's God asking me to do today and do well in small ways and improve just a little bit? So I think that can calm us down a lot, too, when we feel overwhelmed. I know that's a good, good reminder for me. What do I need to do? You know, in this next moment, in the next moment, what's the next right thing to do? Yeah. Uh, the last two quotes I have from this chapter. One, actually, I'll use this one first because it goes. It's very similar to that. Orient yourself properly, then and only then concentrate on the day. Set your sights on the good, the beautiful, and the true, and then focus pointedly and carefully on concerns of each moment. Aim continually at heaven, while working diligently on earth. Attend fully to the future in that manner while attending fully to the present. You Then you have the best chance of perfecting both. And lastly, this is just kind of a shout-out to my parents and hopefully me as a parent. Uh, your goal is to, to act to justify the suffering of your parents, is to remember all the sacrifices that all, others, all the others who lived before you, not least your parents, have made for you in all the course of the terrible past, to be grateful for all the progress that has been therefore thereby made 
and then to act in accordance with that remembrance and gratitude. People sacrificed immensely to bring about what we have now. In many cases, they literally died for it, and we should act with some respect for that fact. Uh, how easy it is for us living in 2018 in America to take things for granted. Uh, and he really hits over and over again the, uh, the we should be having a just a mindset of gratitude at all times. And we talk about in the past, just, uh, a friend of mine uses what he calls the 200-year rule. If you think you're having a bad day, just imagine what it was like 200 years ago today. I mean, war, death, disease, no air conditioning. You wouldn't last a day. I wouldn't, I wouldn't flies. last. I, flies, mosquitoes. <laughs> I would be the worst at that. Any clothing, closing thoughts before we uh, wrap up our conversation on 12 Rules for Life? Oh, it, was, it was a good book. You know, I was glad I read it. Um, Jordan Peterson, of course, has you know, blown up the Internet. And the book is definitely worth a read. Yeah. It's a, it's a little dense for people like me who have never read anything like this before. Um, but just take a little bit of time, you know, uh, 10 pages at a time. You can just chew through them. I think there's a lot of good takeaways from it. Also, he is very, very active on on YouTube, on mm-hmm. podcasts. So seek him out, and you can listen to a lot of his talks, his debates. And the book uh, I think itself is actually is on. Uh, you can listen to mm-hmm. it on, on Audible. Yeah. So that's what I'm listening to right now, and yep. it's interesting to hear him read the, his own book. So. Yeah. So the book is Twelve Rules for Life. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks for Kelly. having me. Yeah, it's fun. We're gonna head to a short break, and Father Zach and I will uh, kind of tie up. My Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. Two great episodes with Kelly Wolf uh, on the 12 Rules for Life and Jordan Peterson. There's just so much to unpack uh, from 40 minutes of conversations uh, on the books. Any key takeaways from you, Father? I think for me, you know, when he talks about the difference between uh, the two sexes, between male and femaleness, and uh, just this idea of, uh, you know, with women, kind of the example he uses of the mama bear you know she's loving and tender toward the cubs but if there's someone that the mama bear thinks is going to attack those cubs she becomes violent you know and chaotic Uh, and so just talking about the kind of the beautiful difference between men and women the complementarity of yeah they complement each other in a beautiful way and uh just you know even the sort of the mystery and the the unknown that we experience you know in a woman's heart uh just a beautiful thing and that a man's kind of natural inclination is to try to, you know, bring order and uh, it's just, yeah, beautiful to think about the way they complement each other. Yeah. And I think there's so many great takeaways from this book uh, from the first chapter of standing up straight with your shoulders back and just taking that, that self-improvement. And then also, again, not, not judging yourself against others, but judging yourself against yourself and your own personal improvement. There's so many different ways uh, to get better and, as we've mentioned multiple times now on this, on these couple episodes, it, this book is worth a read. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might take you a while to get through, but it's worth a read. It's a great book. So, uh, thank you again for joining us today. I'm Man Up on IO Catholic Radio for Father Zach Kautsky. I'm Joe Stopulus. It's time to man up. Man up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulus and Father Zach Kautsky. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals.